This is the University of Georgia Griffin News, brought to you over WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, The Rock 88.9 FM, and stream live on WKURadio.com. This program is to update our listeners on the many and exciting things at the University of Georgia Griffin with Dr. Lou Honeycutt and his guests. The program is made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms and Murray and Company Realtors. And now today's program with Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Well, good morning, Griffin, Spalding County, and the surrounding area. We are back with another edition of the, the Griffin Campus News. And first things first, I need to, to tell Tony, thank you so much for covering for me last week. I was a little under the weather. It's which... certainly my pleasure. It was, a, <laughs> it was getting reacquainted with Melissa Gordon, who is a regular guest, she and is. Faye Chapman, who has not been in a while. It was a real pleasure for me. Anytime you have to be out, I'll do my best to uh, uphold the tradition of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus. And I appreciate that. And it was a good show. I listened to it. I, I, my guest and I for today we're talking it, it makes me feel a little weak when i'm not at work doing things so i, I listened but y'all did an incredible job and i'm very appreciative but speaking of the guests for today we have a i always say it's a special guest but this is a really special day today because we got a kind of a twofer for in what we're going to talk about but and it's it's a topic near and dear to my heart but um i am with today becky griffin who is a uga cooperative extension school and you got a longer title than i do I uga cooperative extension um school and community garden coordinator and a UGA, not only, well, we're going to talk about UGA graduate here in just a little All bit. Right. But, so welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Honeycutt. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be down in Griffin today. Absolutely. You're all over the place, I know. So <laughs> when I know you're on campus is when your Mustang's there. That's so right. That's, that's <laughs> Everybody awesome. says but, that. <laughs> um, what I do with guests, the first thing out of the bat is you got to tell me your life story. So I always say, tell me how you got to this seat from birth till now today so tell us the Becky well, Griffin story. I'm maybe a little older than a lot of your guests because it's a longer story but before we get started with that I have a present for you. Oh no okay yes, that's great. I bring greetings from the Mountain Research and Education Ooh, Station in, awesome. Blairsville, in Blairsville where I now reside. Oh that's right. So that's I have an office there so that. when Ray and Freya knew I was going to see you today they yes. sent greetings wanted to know when you were coming back to visit and sent a present for you. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm removing from my bag some dilly beans. Ooh, dilly they beans are these incredible jars love of them. beans. Oh. And uh, so I wrapped them carefully and brought them all the way from Blairsville today. Just thank you so much. And if Free and Ray and the whole crew up there are listening, thank you all so much. The dilly beans are um, Rosemary and the business office who's retired now got me hooked on them and then um of course the georgia mountain center used to be under me i was there mm -hmm. all the time because it was under me now we have an assistant dean that handles all the research centers around the state so i don't get to go up as much so if y'all are listening i'll try to get up there but thank y'all so much yeah and they'd thank love you for to bringing see them. them oh sure my pleasure it, i really like being the blairsville station the georgia mountain station is probably the the prettiest place in the state I believe so. I mean, it's an incredible. Uh, anybody that's driving through Blairsville, um, wherever you're, if you're uh, past the sign that says Georgia Mountain Research and Education Center, you need to pull in because right. it's beautiful. And the people there are amazing. I've been there since the 1st of February. I already feel like family up there. Sure. Ray's made me feel like I'm being welcomed home. So I'm blessed to be there. And every day I make that short drive in. I'm very, very happy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you, so you probably have the office that they'd set up for me, so I'm a little jealous if it's the one it's on the a, end. Yeah, with two windows. Yeah. The first thing I did is take the drapes and go. Absolutely. <laughs> so you see the mountains. That's which right. Is, which is incredible. Well, That's great. 
thank you so much for bringing those. And these, sure. are, I'll share some with you because do they give you some too? Oh, I have I have access to oh, okay, some. So they you are keep so those. incredible. Oh, they I'll are. give Tony some before before we leave. Maybe I'll share. But so thank you. That's a great <laughs> sure. present. I love surprises and presents. So okay. So now we got to get oh, to the to the you. Tell us All your right. life story. Well, um, I pretty much grew up in Georgia. I've spent my entire life playing in the dirt. Okay. It's real interesting. My mother is a Southern lady whose jeans were always pressed and lipstick was always on. <laughs> and she's like, who are you and how did you become my daughter type of thing? But um, I've been with Extension for eight years now, and I think I have the best job going. I get to travel around and meet people working in fields that I think are tremendously important. Um, I get up every day excited to go to work. Every day's a little different. So, and of course, I've spent a great deal of time on the Griffin campus the sure. last couple of years. Yeah, and then so let's let's kind of expand that. And you you are a UGA multi multi graduate. Well, actually, I'm my only degree from UGA is my master's degree. Oh, that's right. But you've got children. You have connections. Right. I have with many UGA connections. Right, I, right, my right. one daughter Madison graduated from the Grady School. Yes. And my older daughter Allison is a double dog. Her right, undergrad right. was. Um, uh, Franklin School with statistics okay. and graduate Ooh, and okay. Terry with um, she does masters of marketing research. Oh my gosh! I know that's incredible. So yeah, so when um, they were very excited to add me to that list. Absolutely, and you just you the the proud thing to tell the listeners you are the first. M-triple-P-M, which was, they'll know why we say M-triple-P-M in a minute. You're the first student to receive the Master's of Plant Protection and Pest Management on the Griffin campus. Yes, sir. Which is interesting that, you know, the Griffin connection with your name, too, but I mean, you're <laughs> on the Griffin campus. But that, that to me, is an incredible accomplishment for you. So I want you to kind of tell your, your educational story. I mean, because okay. it's a, it's a, there was a gap in time. There was a gap in time. And then you've come back. I think that's a, a really good story to share. So tell us that part. Well, I could do an entire sitcom, really, Absolutely. back to school. So <laughs> I... Um, um, started graduate school over 30 years ago, and by no fault of my own, I was unable to finish, okay. which has always been a little bit of a regret for me. And coming to work with Extension, Chris Brayman was my, and still is, my good friend and mentor. Sure. And she said to me, why do you not have a master's degree? We need to do something <laughs> about this. And honestly, this program was the one I would go back for. Sure. I love MPPM. I loved the classes. I loved the whole thing. So when she said, let's see what we can do, I want you to apply. So um, exactly 30 years to the month, I took the GRE for oh, the second wow. time. Wow. And um, I was the oldest person in there. Uh, my daughter helped me study. And <laughs> it was the first time I took it. You know, way back in the day, you, you do everything on paper. Oh, absolutely. And now it's on a computer, and they flash that. You got five seconds. Exactly. Four, you know, it was very rattling. So, um that was the start, and then uh, I got in the program, and uh, it's been amazing. I laugh because it's one of those programs where you have labs that you need to be here for. Sure. And my very understanding boss allowed me to, <laughs> Sheldon Hammond, allowed me to work my work around. So if I had to be at Griffin Campus for a lab, I'd also be on campus for other work activities. Exactly. Some of the classes were online. So, and I traveled the state with my job. So I had headphones and many McDonald's and Chick-fil-A's. I took <laughs> classes. When I was working at the Atlanta Food Bank, they actually set aside a room for me. So oh, wow. when I would have meetings, I could go and do class. So it was a team effort to get me through. Sure. But it is definitely an accomplishment I am super proud of. I'm very proud to be a dog alumni. My daughter gave me an alumni shirt for graduation. Ooh, there you go. So, and the diploma is framed and hanging on my wall at home. Well, there's a great 
great picture that you sent out early on of the three, your two daughters and yourself yeah. at the, you know, because I can't walk under the arch in Athens because oh, I'm not a Georgia okay. grad. So I have to, you know, there's many, many, there, the sidewalk's been worn down by the people that have to walk around the arch. Yep. There, so I have to do that. But you got to, t- you took pictures with your daughters yeah. at the arch to do the yeah. official walkthrough. My husband did that and my older daughter, it was her idea. That's incredible. So she had the chalkboards idea for everybody to write what their degree was. Sure. And it was pouring the rain, so <laughs> we didn't look our best, but it was a meaningful moment it was for awesome. all of us. No, that, yeah. well, congratulations on that. I mean, Thanks. I was so proud to see you walk across stage. And then you also went to the College of Ag graduation I did. ceremony in Athens mm-hmm. the same night, the evening of ours that we had. Was it the, it was the, next, the next day? day. Yeah, I never yeah. can remember. And um, walked through it as well, which it's yeah. another beautiful ceremony. Oh, and and the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is someone that graduates or finishes a degree in Griffith, has lots of opportunities to graduate because they graduate in Griffin. We have our ceremony. The degree's not conferred, but they graduate. They can do their college. Some do a departmental, depending on the college, and then they can also do the graduate one yeah, if you're a graduate dog. student. Right. And then you can do the main one, so you can graduate like six times. Right. Your, <laughs> your degree's not official until Dr. Moorhead confers them at the main ceremony on the Friday night of graduation. But we we don't we consider when you walked across in Griffin you had that's the, how I considered it and it was so special the Griffin campus does an amazing job you you're special you feel special from the minute you start classes here you know the professors exactly. and one of the stories that I tell that really was a light bulb moment for me was I'm in class one of my first classes was um, with Dr Button who does uh, oh, research gosh, in entomology. Yeah. And he's an amazing man. And he's really a humble, kind of down-to-earth guy. But funnier than all. Really dry humor, but really oh, funny. Yeah. I love him. And we're, we're studying this wheat insect, and, and he's really going into detail. And one of us, I don't remember if it was me or another student, asked him, how do we know this? And he stopped, and he said, well, it's my research. <laughs> and there you go. The light bulb goes on. This is why you want to go to University of Georgia. You're not just looking at a textbook of other people's Absolutely. research. You're learning from the people doing it people that are internationally known for their work so it is something to not take lightly for any student who starts this program and it is definitely something to um, be proud of to be part of that group no and i think it's a really great point um, and especially coming from a student and from a, a person that works for the university mm-hmm. of georgia that that is one of the unique you know nothing i love athens i love all the other campuses love everything but you get to interact with people more on, on like you said, internationally renowned people like Dave Button or mm-hmm. anybody else we could name, um, Chris Brayman. I mean, yeah. you, any names we could throw out there on a day, and it's just Chris and Dave. I mean, it's just yeah, it's right. and students get to do that. They Athens, we have that we have powerhouses in Athens, but they also probably have two or three hundred students that mm-hmm. they're dealing with. So you don't get to. You don't get that kind of touchy-feely part that we kind of like here. We think that's one of the And I met students that have come from across the world to come to this campus for these programs. So it's not just a a national thing. It is an internationally drawing program. It is. We're going to, in April, have what we call a diversity event. We're not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but the students have put forward, and we're going to do this, where we have foods from the different nations that are present. Oh, what a great idea. Because I think we have about 19. We're actually going to figure this out now because we haven't ever done that but i think we have about 19 nations represented in the student body and then about two or three more with the faculty included so we're a 20 plus nation campus nice in the middle of rural you know i say rural georgia a little bit it's (laughs) south metro georgia but um and we're going to do some kind of event to start celebrating that because i think that's a wonderful idea i do too i just think it's going to be some of my buddies were from nepal and um sure they would tease me you think you got mountains (laughs) 
<laughs> so I got to know them pretty well, and, and I enjoyed that cultural exchange, and I'm keeping up my friendships with those students. So sure. That's great. No, I think that's great. So you got the MPPM, the Master's mm-hmm. of Plant Protection and Pest Management, mm-hmm. which I know it fed right into your position mm-hmm. and your, your job, yes, which sir. is great. And it's what we call a professional master's, which is we think that kind of the, the – I say we. I'm talking like the queen. We, we think. <laughs> the, um, the, the, one of the, the great benefits and future for the Griffin campus, I think, are in these professional programs. In the College of Ed, we have four already on campus. We have MPPM in the College of Ag. And one of the benefits of them is they're easily cohort-driven, so it's easy to get people that work and have families and have – because I guarantee you, your schedule is insanely crazy, and I know it is. Right. And, but you were able to finish a degree mm-hmm. because you didn't have to sit in class three days a week and do the things that w- – these programs are built around the workforce. Mm-hmm. That's where we think the success – that's where we can really facilitate – um, coming into the Griffin campus. And we have programs in College of Education who people fly from across the country because they only have to come in six weekends a semester. Wow. And then they finish a workforce ed or a math ed oh, wow. uh, degree. But they're willing to do that because it is the University of Georgia. That's right. I mean, that, that, that degree is powerful. Degree. It is. And if you just have to come, the rest is online. The rest is cohort-driven. So we that MPPM. And, and I'll tell you, Dave uh, Bunton, Paul Raymer, Kel Robacker, mm-hmm. Chris Brayman, uh, myself, we it took us a while to get it here. I know. It I was, remember the push. And every, yeah. every week, okay, is it coming? You were one of the ones coming? that would email all the time, what, any update? What do we do? Yeah, you know, right. Because you were in the program, just not a griff, not, not designated not as a Griffin, a Griffin student. person at first. And right. to, to clarify, we had the program in Athens and Tifton, but we asked for it to be um, extended to Griffin. And, you know, and I was naive, certainly by that time, <laughs> and I thought I'd just ask for it and poof, it will appear. Well, about... 13 months later, we finally got it, but it had to go through all kinds of approval processes. But we had extreme support from faculty who didn't ever have to teach at all. They're on research appointments. And so the the faculty I mentioned, Paul Raymer and Carol Robacker and, and Dave Bunton and uh, James Buck, I mean, Alfredo Martinez, right. we could keep listing the names came together and said this is important enough let's get it and so and it and julie cook who was a program mm-hmm. coordinator here at the right. time now she's in athens um just really busted it and 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 we got it done but our part seemed like the hard part until we started trying to get approvals and then it went, <laughs> but it, it it did get approved and so officially five of y'all when we got it approved i emailed the five of y'all and said whatever you got to do go in and switch to griffin and we all did and you all did very quickly <laughs> so we we grew the program really quick we went from mm-hmm. zero to five in about a day and a half but um and we we expect it to continue to grow but we got a lot of support for from tifton athens and griffin faculty and and the dean's level and everybody to make this happen so well i appreciate it personally and i do think with my work in atlanta with a lot of the urban ag work going on there i think that is definitely a uh, an area where we can tap people knowing it's really not that far from atlanta to griffin sure and especially with a degree like the mpppm that's flexible although i will say that i um, had kind of forgotten graduate school is not easy I mean it's, <laughs> no, it's not, not just a matter of showing up and, and listening you know it is a graduate program from the University of Georgia so it is difficult Absolutely. but doable and that's Difficult a really great point. I think you, 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 I didn't even pay you to bring home this point, but there, there's a misconception still in the region, and I would say the region because I hear other places than just Spalding County, but that our degrees are different somehow than the University of Georgia or than Athens or Jerry Moorhead signatures on your degree, just yes, like it is on it everybody is. else's. And some of the classes, um, the teachers combined, we had faculty from all three campuses teaching the classes. Right. So it is it is the same degree that you would get in, in and you're the same requirements, the same Absolutely. project requirements and exit exams. So And I would even yeah. say honestly it's a little 
more strenuous because our faculty know you, know the students very well, and they mm-hmm. know what you're capable of. And yeah. rather than having a group of 50 that you don't know any of them except the best and the worst maybe, but at Griffin it's a smaller group, let's say the five, mm-hmm. in MPPM, PM, our faculty know you all. And, right, and, and because I work for UGA, I right. was not, you know, going in there and not doing well in a class, I mean, that was <laughs> terrifying to me because uh, of I work with these people and I respect them. And so there was that added pressure. Sure. You know, it wasn't just, uh, I heard some people say, well, bees get degrees. Well, you don't understand. No, it, oh, exactly. We, we're just it's like being feeling weak when you're sick. I mean, right. I, it's it's a... It's a generational thing. It's a way. It's an ag raising thing. When you're raised in agriculture, you just you, you know you, you strive for the best in everything. Right. Exactly. And you don't accept less than the best, and it it causes lots of stress in, in yes. people. My I'm, I'm about to turn fifty six, and that, you know I'm in my heart attack years, and I got to be careful you. about that. But <laughs> it, it's just the way we are, and it's it's we're very work driven and that's a good thing but it it bodes to it says great things about you that you came back after 30 years mm-hmm. when you could have went through you could have went through to retirement in your position without doing that right. without doing what you it did. was not required wasn't required but it was a personal thing absolutely so but it was required for me personally to not only do it but to give it my best and to get the most out of of the professors and being in that environment exactly. get the most out of it and I think that's great. It, it was a personal choice, which I think is incredible. But, it, again, it bodes to character and everything else that you followed oh. through. So, again, congratulations <laughs> well, Thank you, thank you very that. much. <laughs> so so let, let's take this focus and shift a little. In, since, you know, since we're supposed to talk about pollinators right. a little bit. But, um, again, I wanted to get the, the, the story out about the education because it is so incredible. Well, and, thank you. And, you know, we, the, the great news about my job is every semester we have a story come up just like that, that, that there's been challenges overcome to get here. And it's it's I'm not I love unique. hearing it. Yeah, you're not. But I mean, it, it's great to know that that we have a campus in Griffin and Tifton and Athens and other places, but certainly in Griffin that can can cater to that that student that that may not be doesn't want the the thirty five thousand adventure in Athens. Yeah, they want that smaller feel mm-hmm. because they need to study and work and strive, and they've got other things going on. So. Right. So very, very happy about that. So you are, again, I'm going to say your title just because it's longer than mine, but you're the in Cooperative Extension, the Community Garden Coordinator um, for the Cooperative Extension of UGA. Let's talk, I want to talk pollinators a lot, but let's right. talk about what that means. What, okay. what does your job entail? Okay, well, um, community and school gardens are important, and they're not really new, new, but they're new in the world of ag and they're coming up in importance and my job is to work with the agents to meet the needs of those clients in their counties and here's an example let's say you're in a county that is peanut county and you are an awesome peanut agent you know everything there is to know about what's going on in the world of peanuts but your school in your county wants stem certification and they want to do it through agriculture and school gardens you, this is not your cup of tea. This is not your, your area of emphasis. So that's where I come in. And because these STEM certification is a very real thing in all parts of Georgia, and school gardens are one way to do that. Also community gardens. Many times an agent will call me and say, the commissioner from my county came in my office today, <laughs> and guess what? They want a community garden. How can we make a sustainable, successful go with this? And that's kind of where I come in. Sure. So in, in segueing to the pollinators, sure. I will tell you that what I saw, um, beneficial entomology is my passion. Okay. And that's what I emphasize through my degree and through my work. I would go to these beautiful gardens in these four-by-eight beds everywhere and lots of green leafy vegetables and 
They're having trouble with pollination. They're having trouble with pest insects. There's no flowers. So being my background, I understand that if you have flowers, you will bring in not only pollinators, but beneficial insects that can help control your pest populations. So part of my job the last couple years especially has been to have that passion and have that um, tag to say, all right, where are your flowers? And let me explain why you need them. And so I've been spending a lot of time with programming and educating and making publications and visiting at conferences, kind of talking and kind of spreading the word that those things are very important. Sure. And I I applaud your efforts in doing that because, as you know, I mean, we clicked right away three and a half years ago or three point however many years ago because I love pollinators. Mm -hmm. And and I came to you and went to everybody I could and said, excuse me, because I bought a property that the 2011 tornado cleared. So it cleared (laughs) the trees, which I was glad of. I needed a little open space, but it also cleared what little topsoil there was and plants. And so I came to the, the the group I had at, at the Griffin campus and said, what do I need to plant? And went to the garden and looked at the pollinator garden in the garden here um, on campus. And that's really what I designed my yard around. And very quickly, when friends would come visit, they would be running, jumping around because there were bees in the yard. And I'd be like, <laughs> you, you need to calm down. You right. know, they, they have no interest in you if right. you don't bother them. But So let's, let's talk for a minute about it, and then we'll talk more about the gardens. But pollinators are critically important mm-hmm. and for life in general and all life right. on the planet right. but let's talk about the importance of pollinators okay they're important because they pollinate our food uh, some of our food that we like squash is a good example has a male flower and a female flower if you don't have a pollinator you have no fruit an example of this before i came to extension i managed a four acre farm garden up in cherokee county okay and we grew squash and the farm over time had sold off land so it got smaller and smaller every year. And by the last couple of years I was there, I could get out of my car and I could smell the seven, okay. the seven Ooh, spray. Sure. So all these new subdivision homeowners wanted a clean, pristine yard. But I knew I was going to have problems, and I did. So I would try and grow squash, and I would have no pollinators okay. because, you know, seven kills everything. Absolutely. So I had to hand pollinate squash, and I had to hire a beekeeper to come in wow. and pollinate for me was a big light bulb moment for me that pollinators aren't, they're important. And we take for granted there are insects everywhere, aren't there? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> you know, with all the building going on, habitat loss, um, use of pesticides by homeowners who don't really understand that seven takes care sure. of everything. And mosquitoes, mosquito spray, we're losing them. And all of the things we love to eat, like strawberries and tomatoes and um, melons, all need pollinators. If we didn't have them, there'd be a lot of corn and oats and exactly. all those wind-pollinated <laughs> things and uh, or very, very expensive berries that are hand-pollinated. Right. So they are very important, and we're at a, a time, especially with the growth of population in Georgia, that we need to pay attention to habitat. We need to pay attention to our best management practices in our home gardens especially. I know the farmers have it going on. I visited several farmers. They have bees there. They know when to spray and when not to spray. It's the homeowners, I think, that we need to really, in the community and school gardeners who maybe aren't very advanced in their gardening skills. Sure. And I think, too, the commercial uh, people know what to spray. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I can go into Lowe's and buy, or Home Depot, not that I'm, I'm um, 
supporting any specific right. build or company, but I can go in and buy whatever I want and right. put it however I want on my lawn and do everything. And I see so many people do that. It's there's no training, there's no mm-hmm. you know, you don't read the label, you just right. go in and start spraying and that that's a problem. And then um, then they wonder why they don't have any butterflies in their yard or yeah. any, any anything else right. in their yard. Plus yeah. you talked about commercial or the, the building going on. A whole lot of landscaping around urban uh, commercial buildings is not flowers. Mm-mm. It's green Evergreen, easy to maintain kind of right. things. Well, that's not that's defeating the purpose, not improving the purpose. Right. So it, it is flowers. I love that. However, they exist. It, it is <laughs> right. flowers. Yeah. And the great thing is, there's huge, diff, huge varieties of ways to to do that. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's I think it's a critical importance of, of what you're doing and so like with you know we've had in the past i don't know if it's still going on bee die-offs and different mm-hmm. things that happen and sometimes yes. it's unexplained and sometimes mm-hmm. it's explained but if what people need to understand is if all the pollinators disappear it's like you said we're we're, we're deeply in trouble <laughs> we are and the really cool thing is and i know we're about the same age so you remember when we were young and they'd say we were, we're not gonna have any bald eagles yes they're gonna be gone yep. and i remember as a kid just i was crushed absolutely and as an adult when i saw my first bald eagle it was a moment i won't forget yep well with insects some of our native bees our native bumblebees their life range is the size of a yard right so if you provide pollinator food as in flowers maybe some water and some nesting sites you could really make a difference in the conservation of an insect in your yard and that is a powerful thing oh gosh i agree and in like in my property in particular cleared off there was not which is great as a blank blank slate mm-hmm. for me learned what to put in there but within a year within the first bloom period of the flower flowering plants I had and and as Jim Quick, who's a bee yeah. expert for for the University of Georgia Griffin, um, I was talking to him one day. I didn't realize there were so many species of bees, right? Little tiny ones up to big yeah. ones. I'd never dealt with carpenter bees till I got to, to Georgia. But I mean, the amazing thing is, I went from zero, nothing. See, I didn't see a butterfly or a bee or even hardly a wasp in my yard prior to this to planting. And I went did some pretty extensive planting, but. Within the first year, boom, they were just they were just thick. Isn't it great? It's awesome. You know, we have um, almost 400 species of bees in Georgia wow. alone. And I have, um, I'm, you know, I'm just a fangirl all over all of the different types <laughs> of bees. But I do meet people, and once I kind of get them interested in insects, you know, we have bird watchers. Well, insect watching is becoming a thing. Sure. I will encourage people to take their chair out, have their cup of coffee, and just watch. Absolutely. You know, you're going to see amazing things. Amazing things happen with the way they fly and their eyes and, you know, their colorations and how they move in a flower. So we're getting a generation of insect watching. And I think on. that's great. And I think the ma- a major point in that is when they go out and sit and watch, they're not being attacked. Nope. That that's the big misconception. And and I have friends that come from the city and friends that come from the country. But but the when we usually get stung is when we're trying to swat them away from us. Yeah. If we would just let. And I've had to get used to that weeding and things with all the the large number of bees and things flying around. But if you don't bother them, right. why on earth would they try to bother something as big as us? Right. You're not food for them. <laughs> no, exactly. So one funny story is um, I love wasps, and okay. I plant mountain mint for wasps. Okay. Mountain mint, you get a large variety of bees and wasps, and oh, I cool. love watching them. I have never, knock on wood, been stung in my garden wow. by a wasp. Now, I haven't grabbed one. Sure. I'm just watching. 
However, we recently got a new home up in the mountains. I have been bitten by a ladybug three times. <laughs> so, um, you know, go go figure. I didn't even know those ladybugs would Until bite. Until I met with Chris Brayman, I didn't either. I was talking to her about three one day times. and she mentioned that. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, but a ladybug is I so. I know. You know. <laughs> we think of them as these wonderful things until they invade your home. And, and they, they're they're my first year, that's why I asked Chris about them. I went upstairs in the, and unbeknownst to me, a window had been left open just enough. Just enough. And I went up, and one whole wall of my house was covered in ladybugs, which at, you know at one point was cool. Yeah. But then it was like, what do I do? And then that when I met with her, I talked to her about them, and she said, you know what they do? Bite. I'm like. Yeah. They're a ladybug. They're not. I know. We think of them as, yeah, and when we first moved in, I was like, oh, this means I'm going to get some good photos. Sure. I'm going to see those underwings. And by week two, and my husband's vacuuming the windows, <laughs> it's not not that fun anymore. And I sure hope I don't have any aphids in my yard oh. after putting up with all these ladybugs in the house. All exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, no, I mean, I think that's great. So, But the, the point, and it, we, you survived the ladybug bites. So, oh, yes. I mean, you know, it, it's, it was almost comical, like, sure. really? <laughs> it's Come the ladybug. Yeah. But for the most you know, again, when when I've noticed people getting stung, and mm-hmm. I, I'm knocking on wood too, I've been very fortunate. But not that I haven't been stung, but not often. But um, it's when you go to that crazy mode of running, screaming, slapping, squeezing, yeah. or if you're weeding and you reach down and and you grab something that has a bug in it that's going to. If right. they have to defend themselves, right. they're going to do it, but right. they're not going to just fly out of their Mm-mm. wherever they're at and hunt you down and many of our native bees either don't have stingers or their stingers wouldn't penetrate your skin anyway right so all bees unfortunately get lumped into that whole yellow jacket hornet yep. category yep. when it's not really necessarily the case well it, what's funny to me is everybody that i talk to talks about all the yellow jackets they have and when i look at them they're, not, they're like paper wasps or something yeah. i mean they're but everything's a yellow jacket right because <laughs> right. when i first got here i thought because i came in november so I, I had to get used to my first spring here but i heard everybody say oh i have yellow jackets i, I was really kind of afraid <laughs> of doing stuff because of what yeah. i might find and i'm figured out that was you know if you don't know, you kind of exaggerate right. the, what might be happening. Right. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, let's take the bottom of the hour break. We'll come back and talk more about pollinators and community gardens and everything else. You're listening to the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on AM 1450 WKEU in Griffin, Georgia. Also heard on 102.3 FM as well as 88.9 FM The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. You can also stream along on the website at WKEURadio.com or carry us with you wherever you go courtesy the free WKEU app for all smartphone and tablet devices. Our morning program will continue after this. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realty. Proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this week's edition of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. As the UGA Griffin Campus grows with the great educational opportunities for our children, Round Oak Resources Tree Farm is growing our future with trees to support and assist our environment. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors are proud supporters of the UGA Griffin Campus and area youth activities in Griffin and Spalding County. (music) 
at this time of the year, many of us kind of curse the pollen a little bit when it gets all over the cars and it requires almost a daily washing. However, it, it does a great ben- good bit of benefit to nature and to the beautification of our communities. For more on pollination and things as of, of that like, let's get it out here. Let's return to the host of this morning's program. Here is the Assistant Provost and Campus Director on the UGA Griffin Campus. Here's Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back, everybody. We are having a great time here. We could probably just talk for, you know, we kind of forget the microphones here and just talk for (laughs) hours. But um, we're talking about um, pollinators. We're going to talk about the Great Pollinator Census um, here in just a minute. But we're talking with Becky Griffin, the UGA Cooperative Extension School and Community Garden Coordinator. Also, she stole my office in Blairsville, which we just (laughs) figured out. And the UGA Griffin graduate, which is another incredible thing with the MPPM program. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun to be here. It is. I mean, it's. I think it is every week. But um, let's talk about let's we're continuing to talk about pollinators and we've talked about how people don't need to be so afraid mm-hmm. of you know if you if you met, don't mess with them they're chances are they're not gonna mess with you right. unless you just really make one mad but <laughs> you've had to do that um the let's talk about the great georgia pollinator census because i know right. that's near and dear to your heart it so. is it is my big project for 2019 okay. so it started with as i mentioned earlier seeing that gardeners didn't really understand how the garden will succeed when you have pollinators and how if we add pollinator habitat we get beneficial insects as well okay so for the past two years i've done a pilot project where we have schools and community gardens across the state counting pollinators What we had to do, this is a citizen science initiative, and we need good data. We want to see what's out there, but we don't want people to have to have a Ph.D. in entomology to do it, right? So we have spent two years kind of tweaking the system, and we think we've hit on something that everyone can do, every Georgian can do. And on August 23rd and 24th, 2019, is the great Georgia pollinator census. Oh, cool. We will be the only state that has done an inventory of all of our pollinators in this fashion. Oh, wow. Um, As I said, we've been working toward this for several years now, and it is my big project for the year. I'm doing a lot of work with our partners. We have several partners, including... Georgia Tech. Ooh, we, Tony's out, not in the room right now. He'd have, be happy to hear that. Uh, Georgia Tech. I've got Kennesaw State, Emory, the Major Gardens, Callaway's a oh, partner. Oh, sure, sure. Um, the uh, Botanical Gardens in Athens and Atlanta. So we've got a lot of people on board with us. Sure. So on those days, you find a favorite pollinator plant. And that just means a plant you have in your yard that you see insect activity. Okay. And for 15 minutes, you're going to document what you see on that plant. Oh, and you're going to put cool. it in a category. Is it a bee? Is it a fly? Is it a bumblebee? Is it a wasp? And on the website, we have a counting and identification guide that people can print off and, and use. It teaches you really nice things like how to tell the difference between a fly and a bee. Sure. How to tell um, different kinds of wasps. And, and has you really notice things like some of our bees are really tiny. Really tiny. Yeah. So we have three goals for this project. One is to increase viable pollinator habitat. We have on the Griffin campus especially, but campuses uh, Athens work and Tifton work on pollinator habitat that does well in georgia sure now i know you've had this happen too people watch hgtv (laughs) they see a show out of connecticut and they want those plants that get powdery mildew (laughs) or whatever so we have great plant recommendations for anyone in the state easy to maintain don't have a lot of pest or disease problems just kind of a no-brainer pollinator garden 
We, of course, want things blooming in August for the census. Exactly. But one of the goals is to make people aware and plant gardens. The second is to increase our entomological literacy. And that's a fancy way of saying, let's not be scared of everything sure, Exactly. See. Let's see that there are <laughs> over 300 kinds of bees in Georgia and let's learn about them and see that some nest in the soil and some nest in reeds and um, learn about how beekeeper really does their job. So just awareness. And then third, of course, to get usable data so we can have a snapshot and a baseline of our pollinator um, populations. So I am very excited about this. Um, We're hosting workshops all over the state. The website, if I may, is G gapc.org so it's g for great ga for georgia p pollinator c census.org there are listed events around the state that people can come to extension agents all over the state are having uh, lots of activities around the census in their counties and their offices we have everything you need to know about counting and being a participant I have on the website, people can sign up early to get email newsletters from me, just okay. like, okay, what's your garden look like? We have, as of this morning, 419 people representing 78 counties. Oh, that's awesome. Already, and we're just in February. So wow. I'm very excited about this, um, as you can tell. I think it's a very important project. And again, anybody. I'm expecting counts from Lou Honeycutt Absolutely. to come on I, you, my Trust stream. me, you'll get them. That's awesome. So you count and you upload to the website, and um, you can do it with your kids, grandkids. Uh, it is designed really for schools as well. We have an educator resources page if you want to use that for STEM work. Oh, wow. Sure. I have all sorts of lesson plans and information for teachers there as well. The original pilot projects based in schools. Okay. So a lot of teachers worked with their students. And they used it for STEM as well. So it's a big deal. It's big a deal big for deal. Georgia. That's awesome. And, and you know, Georgia's not a small state. So yeah. to have that, to have data from hopefully all counties, 154, mm-hmm. 158, right. right? By the time you're done, 154, that's an incredible data set. Yes, to, that's, that's what we're hoping for. That's so awesome. We want to spread the word, get as many people involved as possible, and making sure that as many people spend at least 15 minutes in August counting for us. Exactly. Who, and who doesn't have 15 minutes in right. August to do that? I mean, that's right. that. I think it, I, I, I like the, even the format. You just watch the plant. Because it's amazing to me. Because I just sometimes I just do, I'll stop and take pictures of things, and if you're stopping to take a picture, it is literally it is truly amazing, especially the number of little teeny tiny flying oh, bu- yeah. or bees and things that are in there that you wouldn't see if you weren't focusing and taking a picture. Right, or, exactly. So that that's incredible. It's fun, and yeah, the cameras work great. Um, my cell phone, I always have it on me. My daughter's a photographer, oh, and cool. she says the best. The best camera is the one you have on you, which is my cell phone. And I bet you do the same thing. You use that Zoom. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. So you can get in close to Especially those Especially with butterflies and, or yeah, oh, things yeah. that you just don't want to scare off hummingbirds. Or, right. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's cool. I love that. Well, the, it's, it's the great, um, great Georgia Pollinator Census, mm-hmm. ggpc.org. G-G-A-P-C. G-G-A-P-C.org. G-G-A-P-C.org. Yes. Um, and we definitely want people to go to that. And let's hopefully there's thousands of people that, that – through this 15-minute thing Well, we're hoping so. Well, August is a great time. I mean, so many flowers are out during that time. Well, we had to pick. um, We have the mountains, and we have the coastal areas. Sure, sure. And we wanted schools involved. So in the spring, when things are busy here, up in the mountains, they're not so busy. And teachers are busy testing. Sure. So in August, something is blooming all over the state. 
school is back in session and teachers can focus on something like this as opposed oh, to yeah. end-of-the-year testing. Well, what a so great that's why we picked August. Uh, project for kids to set. And, oh, yeah. and the great thing about kids, I was at an educational ranch for a long time before I came, before I went to my job, before I came to this job. And, and we focused on kids, fourth graders and below, and, and because we knew, because we were heavily training on that having grass higher than an inch and a half in your yard is not necessarily a bad thing, and just because mm-hmm. you see a mouse in your yard, that's not a bad thing, and pollinators and the whole works. But we knew by educating the, the kiddos that when we would see them with parents, first off, they would point us out, but then the parent would say, I want you to know, I've had to change my whole way I do things in my <laughs> yard because of y'all, but for the better. And if mm-hmm. you get the kids involved... It's a whole lot easier to get the parents to kind of, kind of, to quit slapping and being afraid right. and, and not slapping kids. I mean, slapping, <laughs> slapping the bugs, slapping at bugs and being afraid of them and just kind of embrace the fact right. that pollinators are good. And if they just will do this 15 minute watch, they'll continue it, I assure. You know, mm-hmm. I sit down and I do a lot of weird things like sit out in places and take a lot of pictures yeah. because it's just, it's relaxing, number one, and you really will be amazed at what you see. And, and it could be birds and butterflies. I mean, it can, it can be everything, bees, you name it. Mm-hmm. There can be, I had goldfinches last year that just for a little while, but they, I saw them in my field, and so I put some goldfinch food out, and sure enough, here they come into the yard. The goldfinches are awesome. It's I joyful. Mean, it it brings joy to your life to it watch is, these I things. It is, I agree. And, um, back to your point about educating kids, what I tell teachers about this is my goal is your students will go from, ooh, it's a bug, to <laughs> look at the tarsal claw on that bee, you know. And I have had teachers after the pilot project send me, oh, you're not going to believe it, but it's true. You know, I if we, that. I have a Facebook page as well. It's the Georgia Pollinator Census, and okay. I put things on there every day teachers use them and pull and put on their smart boards oh very cool. um, other agents will use them on their county websites but right now we're going through pollinator plants that will be blooming in august okay we're about to start a whole series on the insects and i've spent two years taking videos and pictures and learning myself so i'll be very excited to share some of the cool things that i found through the pictures and then I'm encouraging others to share pictures as well. Sure. Uh, on the Facebook page with the pilot project, we had a way for people to post a picture, and if they'll say, well, "I don't know what this is," and between, if I didn't know, we have a whole entomology oh, gosh, department <laughs> who can help out, <laughs> and they would love to. Teachers love to share pictures of their pollinator gardens. So the the Facebook page is a good give and take. So if anybody is interested, they just have to ask to be part of the Georgia Pollinator Census Facebook page. It's a closed group okay. for security and. I approve you, and you get access to all this information. I post events there. So it is definitely not just on those days. We are already getting geared up and doing work on pollinator gardens and insect ID already getting ready for August. No, that's incredible. It's never too early to get prepared. And oh, it no. should be an incredible day. I want to segue back to Blairsville for a minute. Last summer, and it may have been in August, I can't remember when I was up there, Jim Quick was up doing some crepe myrtle work mm-hmm. for, for Chris Brayman there that is actually on the, the Blairsville station as well. And when we drove over there, I was truly dumbfounded at the true number of pollinators hovering around these crepe myrtles because I have because they were concentrated crepe myrtles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have crepe myrtles in my yard, and I see them all the time, the pollinators. It, it blew me away in the mountain region of Georgia to see – this incredible number of pollinators. And, of course, Jim isn't afraid of anything. And, right. and I have to admit, I got a little nervous in standing in the middle of all of it <laughs> because because you, your instinct is to push away or to, to move your hands. And you just have to kind of be there. He just went around and did wonderful. his thing. But it was an incredible experience. And that I'm not saying people watching one plant are going to see that kind of population, of, but they will 
enjoy it just as much. I guarantee if you sit out for 15 minutes and look at a plant and you've never done that, you will come away surprised, amazed, and appreciative. Absolutely. With probably some pictures that right. you took while probably you were sitting pictures. there. <laughs> Jim is amazing. I have to give a, um, a kudo to Jim. I'm a certified honey beekeeper okay. as well, and he helped me study for my exam. There you He's go. He's just wonderful. Jim, I don't know how many beehives he has around the state or around right. the, the area, but he, he if you want to know something about bees, that's a, that is such an advantage to me of Cooperative Extension and the UGA Griffin Campus and UGA. <clears throat> we have, if we don't know it, there is someone on campus. I last year I visited the the uh, lady that does ironing for me, and I, I I don't do many things I consider luxuries, but I hate ironing so bad. <laughs> and she does such an incredible job and so nice. And yes, she be- does. You look lovely. Well, thank you. And, and they've become very good friends of mine. And I drove up, and they said, "Hey, can you tell us what's wrong with our crepe myrtles?" And I'm like, I, "I've got people that can, but why?" <laughs> and it had been an, it was the ambrosia beetle, but mm. which I didn't know. But they it looked like little sh- little toothpicks of shavings right. coming out, and I'm like. I don't have it. It's awesome looking. They're like, no, it's not awesome. It's killing the tree. So I took a picture, sent it to Wayne Gardner and Chris Brayman <laughs> um, in entomology and said, hey, I have no idea. And they, within, she was amazed at the quickness with which I got the information mm-hmm. back to her because they immediately sent back, that's the ambrosia beetle. Here's where to look it up. Here's, and the recommendation is cut the trees. Right. Because, so I sent back or called back and said, here's the information. And I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is it's identified. Bad news is you need to get rid of all your crepe myrtles. And I hope you didn't send any home with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you did bring up a great point that I love in dealing with the public is everybody's got Google. Absolutely. But if you Google something, especially a plant issue, you will see they're wrong. <laughs> exactly. And we have access to people who do research. You bet. And have we have research-based information from experts with a picture and a phone call. I mean, that is amazing, and it's. Um, I definitely think it's still underused in the state. I do, too. But it is it, I think part of it is a Google resource. problem. I mean, like if you typed in Google, are bees dangerous, I will guarantee you there will be a lot of responses that come back yes. I mean, there, it'll be because it's Google, and I can say yeah. anything I want to in Wikipedia or anywhere else. Right. But we urge, I constantly urge people, don't, you know, know what you're looking for. Go, mm-hmm. you know, you, and really don't Google. Go to UGA. Right. Search UGA. It's right. pretty much there. Whatever yeah, you go to your want. local office. Go I, to I local will say a yeah. Google, like a, an ID of a bee that I know what it is. And I'll get 10 or 12 or more answers on Google that are wrong, sure. that people are making decisions on. Sure. So um, having that research-based background is is great for the people of the state. It is. And we're, we we are that we're a land-grant university. I mean, that's what we do. Part of, And from the College of Agriculture in particular, I mean, we have county extension in every county in the state. Mm-hmm. So you've got a county rep. And some are, are by county. I mean, two mm-hmm. counties. But, I mean, there's someone there that can answer your questions. Plus, they've got now in Blairsville and certainly in Griffin, a, a Becky Griffin, too, <laughs> that, that can answer those. And, and I can call Chris Brayman or Wayne McGarger. And we have access. And, that's just <laughs> right. it. and the great thing is if it just we get the information, it doesn't take a lot of time. They know it immediately. I'm a right. grasses guy. I mean, a native grasses person. People used to send me pictures all the time and say, what is this? It didn't take two seconds for me to reply back mm-hmm. with knowledge of what it was. Rather than if it was an insect question for me, I might say, well, it looks like a bee. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. I would say, let me send the picture to someone who knows right. and I'll get back to you. So that's just a resource. That's an outreach resource for mm-hmm. us that, that the College of Ag has done since 1859 or whenever it came yeah. about uh, for a long period of time. So. It's one of the things that makes us one of the best ag states in the nation. I agree. I agree. Number one industry in the state, 78 to $80 billion a year is agriculture, and we've got a great college of ag, which has incorporated into it cooperative extension, 
um, which again you're you're part of, mm-hmm. and you're in my old office in Blairsville, which yes, you know, I as am. long as they're I, I have enough. an extra chair. Anytime. Oh, okay. Come well, there you go. That, you come sit with me. <laughs> well, the good news I was telling you during one of the breaks. The good news is when I go the next time I get to go. I was the boss when I would go yeah. before. Now I just get to go as a visitor, right? And just as a, a and a, you've got lots of friends up there now that will be happy to hang with you, and you can see what's going on. Have you played cornhole with them yet? I have not yet, but I've heard the stories. You know, there we have one person up there. If he's listening, he is. I'm going to beat him at some point. He, okay. I'm very type A and very competitive. I've heard this about as you. is he. But he is. He's very much uh, like he like like ESPN's calling him to right. congratulate him on that throw. <laughs> it just irritates me. Yeah. So we'll eventually get up there. But that's part of the fun of of being part of UGA too. I mean, there's yeah. camaraderie. And it's like a family. Truly, it is. it is. It really is. So we're and we're happy to continue that that process. Well, I tell you what, Tony, can we go to the next little break and then we'll come back do some finish up stuff and then we got one really important question I'm going to ask you in a minute but we'll go to the next break Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realty Proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this week's edition of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. As the UGA Griffin Campus grows with the great educational opportunities for our children, Round Oak Resources Tree Farm is growing our future with trees to support and assist our environment. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors are proud supporters of the UGA Griffin Campus and area youth activities in Griffin and Spalding County. In announcements from the University of Georgia Griffin campus, the Dundee Cafe at the historical UGA Mule Barn is happy to announce From the Farm as the new vendor. Culinary artist Marcy Bradbury will be heading up the cafe in the newly renovated facility, and the doors will be open to the public very soon. The Dundee Cafe sits in the heart of the UGA Griffin campus and will be a welcoming place to meet and eat for the entire community. The renovation of the 100-year-old Mule Barn was made possible through a gift from the Dundee Community Association. Dundee Mills operated in Griffin for over a century in the area which was across from the experiment station and is now the UGA Griffin campus. Announcements for the grand opening will be made very soon. A family fun kite flying event will be held at the UGA Research and Education Garden Sunday, March the 10th from 1 until 4 p.m. Bring your kites and be prepared to have a blast at the garden, which is located at 129 West Ellis Road. For more information, kindly call 770-228-7288. A storm damage tree cleanup training session will be offered for the private sector only Tuesday, March 26th from 9 a.m. until 3.30 p.m. at the UGA Research and Education Garden. Participants must be trained in basic chainsaw safety, use, and maintenance. Certification will be provided upon completion of the course. The cost is $20 and does include lunch. For more information on this public sector training, call Ellen Bowski at the UGA Center for Urban Agriculture at 770-233-5558. A special financial planning symposium advising and mentoring minority students for success is scheduled for April 5th from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. in Stuckey Auditorium on the UGA Griffin campus. Faculty, staff, and leaders in the financial planning industry will come together to exchange ideas, network, and discuss ways to promote overall diversity in the financial planning field through the UGA Griffin campus of the College of Family and Consumer Science. For more information, call 770-412-4400 or visit online 
online at www.griffin.uga.edu. And a final reminder that deadline for summer undergraduate classes is May the 1st. Time now to dot the I's and cross the T's on this week's University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. To do that, let us turn the proceedings back over to this morning's host, Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Thank you, Tony. We've been having a great time. I tell you, the, Becky is so easy to talk talk to. We we could sit and again talk pollinators forever, but we are sitting with Becky Griffin, who doesn't own the Griffin campus, but it is the same <laughs> last name. But um, she is the UGA Cooperative Extension School and Community Garden Coordinator, and it, it's kind of like I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to qualify. You, I think you have one of the best jobs I can ever think of. People used to tell me that all the time when I was on the educational ranch, and what I would say to them was, "You get to see the the Disneyland day when I'm with y'all." <laughs> yeah. Come back tomorrow and clean out toilets with us in the, the guest quarters because they're clogged up i mean so it's not it's not all it's not all just fun and games but the variety that you get to to have within your position and working mm-hmm. with schools and all that's got to be rewarding it is uh, I, I said from the get-go i've got the best job going and i not only realize it but i appreciate it every day Sure, and I think that's great. I mean, and you're very humble, and you don't have to be. You could be. You could be just the most arrogant person on the oh, planet no. with all you've accomplished. I don't think so. <laughs> but you're not. And I'm very appreciative of that. Okay, so we've got probably about six minutes left. But one of all the right. questions we want to ask Tony brought it up earlier. I think it's an incredible question. Let's say that you had finished. What did you? What was your master's? You started thirty uh, years. Biochemistry. Ago? Biochemistry. Okay, so let's say you went ahead and everything worked out, and you finished a biochem degree, master's, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Would you be sitting here with me today? I would think? not. Okay. So I think, you know, in the big picture, it, my life is a blessing. I met my husband after leaving graduate school. I got my, my first job. I met my husband. We're celebrating 30 years Ooh, this year. Congratulations. He's my great um, cheerleader and teammate. I think agriculture has always been a part of my life. As a kid, I had a garden. Um I had horses, I raised chickens, so I think I am where I'm supposed to be, and I think the best way to sum it up is when I was at the research station, Mountain Research Station, the first week. Where you stole my office, that Where place? I stole yeah. your office. Okay. I've decorated it very nicely. Ooh, okay. They're um, happy about that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I had a note from Ray in the bottom, Ray Cunningham, sure. um, the superintendent there. He's wonderful, and at the end, it said, welcome home. Oh. And I think that was that pretty much summed it up for me. Oh, that, they're, I'm where I'm supposed to be. It, and that's good. You know, it's it's good to have that feeling. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, things happen for a reason. We end up where we're supposed to be and things like that. So I'm certainly glad. I'm glad you didn't finish 30 <laughs> years ago. And yeah. I'm certainly glad you finished recently, though. But And, again, to, to make a point of that, you didn't have to finish. You didn't have to do another master's or a master's degree. <clears throat> to continue doing the great work you do, you chose to do that. And I think mm-hmm. that, again, is such a great testament to your character and, and endurance well, thank to you. do that <laughs> while you're working. Because I'm going to guarantee you, people that know Becky know you may be one of the busiest people I know. Because <laughs> really, in the when you were housed on the Griffin campus, I might see you – and I knew you because you weren't there or just busy, but I don't know, once a month maybe? I mean, because right. it was just things are I'm so crazy. around the state doing my thing, helping things. Yes, and I appreciate that. And I am very um, glad I did it. It is going to be in my whole life one of the proudest things, having accomplished it um, with my whole team behind me. And, and it has been so great and helpful in my work. 
it's a very useful degree as well. So, well, I tell you one, and I'm going to brag on you a little bit more on the one thing you did at the College of Ag uh, ceremony, which not everybody does, and it just was very special to me, is because I go and sit in the front row because I'm an administrator in the College of Ag as well as a provost and all that kind of stuff. But, and it's a great ceremony. It's a beautiful ceremony. Mm-hmm. I, I think ours matches it as far as is uniqueness and coolness. Oh, yeah. But it's certainly beautiful on the stage because horticulture decorates it, and it's just a really kind of a you know, magical thing with two or three hundred graduates at mm-hmm. any time coming through. But you were walking across stage and you came over and shook my hand. Right. Well, <laughs> I feel we're kind of in this together because Absolutely. you were a big supporter of mine from the get go. When I'd see you on campus, how's it going? Hang in there. Sure. You know, and um, change over to Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> change over to Griffin. And I think that day, um, I don't know how many Griffin students were actually in that. I don't. I don't know of any. Um, there may be a, there was, a couple. There were two other ones that I know of that were in food, maybe in the food Be- science. Uh, maybe or Bethany. Bethany, yeah, and then one there. other food science person. But I felt like uh, shaking your hand was just as important as the other people well, because you, you were was... such an instrumental part of my whole journey. Well, that was special to me, and it's it's a special ceremony, period, but um, – and I know it, it was. It, I get. I'm in a fortunate position. I get to take pride in everything everybody else does, <laughs> and so and I get to brag about it too. But uh, and to be able to say that we had we had our first two graduates, you you mm-hmm. and Brian Vermeer, but um, you were the first graduate <laughs> from the internal PM program that we had. Which Brian's is, awesome. He's oh, done a great, and he's got a family and also works and on the also Griffin works, campus. So yeah, he's wonderful. It's a testament to the the kind of degrees that we think will continue to be successful and even grow more. On the Griffin campus are those that are geared towards working working folks mm-hmm. because that's we can do that there. Yeah, we have the facilities, we have the faculty, obviously um, in all areas. So it's, it's a great thing. Okay, so we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk a little bit, just really quickly, about trees for bees because I right. just love the name of that book. Yeah. I mean, what's what, or what is the is it's it a book? Trees, um, Dr. Johnson gave innovation grants last year, and okay. I was only one of that's many. That's Laura Perry Johnson. Laura Perry Johnson, the, uh, associate dean of extension. Right, she had this. Uh, an innovative award so she had some grant money and i was one of many on this trees for bees team so there was many of us who did a lot of work promoting the fact that we have trees that are also wonderful for pollinators sure so elizabeth benton who is um, a forest um, entomologist out of tifton she definitely was on board with this. Oh, sure. So the question is, if you're going to choose a tree, why not choose one that helps pollinators as well? Absolutely. So some of the agents, Paul Puglis, an agent in Bartow County, worked with the Forest Service. So that last year, when you went to pick up your tree on Arbor Day, you could choose a tree that was beneficial for pollinators. So that's oh, kind of all. Cool. So we have several publications. I did a lot of work on native bees. Um, that was my kind of in there with my niche with the group. But it was a great group to work with. Um, Laura Perry Johnson was very generous in, in letting us do these things. So, so the Trees for Bees is continuing. Okay. As a way to promote picking the right tree for pollinators. What are, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but what are some examples of trees that are beneficial to bees? Well, um, we can think of things like um, yellow poplars. All right. Oh, a lot of times people think that. that they're, um, I've heard people call them weed trees, okay. but they're one of the first things to bloom. Sure, sure. And a lo- hummingbirds actually can follow them up as oh, they bloom. Okay. Wow. So they are a bloom really high up. We don't often see the blooms, but they are a very big pollinator tree. Okay. We also have um, uh, buckeyes, which are really kind sure. of a shrubby tree, but their native buckeye trees are, are excellent. So there are several choices out there, and you just have to think about it. You know, a lot of people just don't take the minute to think, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I need a tree. I'll just get anything. Okay. But picking one for pollinators can be helpful. 
No, absolutely. I think that's a, a great point to make. And then um, tell tell me again your website, but then then any other website you want to mention that okay. you might where they can get information. But. All right, um, the Georgia the Great Georgia Pollinator Census G G A PC dot org, and then we have the Georgia Pollinator. Um, Facebook page. So please ask to join that and please count pollinators with us in August. Well, and, and I know you will, but keep me informed on the, the Georgia, the uh, great Georgia count or census, because we'll all definitely promote that because that, and you'll definitely see a plant, a, a list coming for me. I'm going to be looking and I'm not going to pat, you know, I'm pretty competitive, but I won't pat it at all. all I'll right. just, I'll just I appreciate that. We I want see, good but. data. So please <laughs> don't pat, be honest with us. <laughs> well, Becky, th- again, Becky Griffin, uh, cooperative extension, community school and community garden coordinator. Thank you for being here today. It's been thank you for Truly me. enjoyable. I mean, it's just been a great conversation. I don't get to I don't get to sit and talk with you like this as, as know, much as I'd like and to. And I enjoy it. So I have to come to Blairsville more. You That's will. just kind of the deal. You will. But so for our Blairsville listeners, if they're up there still, thank you for the dilly beans and thank <laughs> you for just bringing them back down. And I guess with that, Tony, we'll finish up for the day. We thank you for joining us this morning on the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. We hope that you'll be with us next Thursday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. for more University of Georgia Griffin Campus News.